Parkway. How about it, right? Mary Parkway on the list of America's national treasures. The Merritt Parkway for its fall foliage and artistic bridges in the top 10 of the most scenic roads in all of the United States. But of course, the Merritt Parkway is not only beautiful in the autumn, there's also in the wintertime, the icicles hang like diamonds from the branches. In the spring, there are flowering trees. In the summer, it's leafy green where deer poke their head out of the forest <laughs> and smile and wink at you as you drive by. The Merritt Parkway is beautiful, iconic, historic, and those of us who spend hours and hours upon it every week can't stand it. Why? Because we don't get on the Merritt Parkway to go sightseeing. We trying to go somewhere, but the beautiful Mare Parkway is also a kaleidoscope of different kinds of traffic and construction. Uh, and so instead of driving somewhere, we're driven crazy. And as you crawl in your commute past the very same trees every day for months and years, you have memorized every blooming leaf on every blooming tree. And so you want to get, just want to burn it all down. And <laughs> If traffic ever does open up and you really start to go somewhere, then one of those winking deer decide to jump out in front of you. And this being Connecticut, if you injure a deer, it will sue you. <laughs> and will win. Ah, the Merritt Parkway. It's this collision of a reputation for peace and a reality that is far from it. And this collision of chaos and calm makes the Mare Parkway a perfect metaphor for our lives. Because here in Fairfield County, we need to project an image of peace when the truth is there's no peace in the Parkway in our lives on the inside. We're a congestion of conflict. We're a traffic jam of worry and stress and fear. But there's good news for the follower of Jesus. As I follow Jesus, God promises to fill me with his peace. In the middle of all the pressures on the parkway, I can experience a never-ending supernatural supply of God's peace. God speaks about his peace throughout scripture. But for me, the most powerful presentation of God's promise of peace comes at the end of the Apostle Paul's letter to the believers in the town called Philippi. And uh, speaking through Paul, the Holy Spirit, makes this promise in Philippians chapter 4, verse 7 the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And right now you're saying, that's exactly what I need. I need the peace of God. But I have questions. What exactly is this peace? And how come, if it's promised, I'm not experiencing it? And this peace, how can I grow to experience it more and more? 
good questions, and these are the very questions that we're going to be answering over our seven weeks studying this one chapter, Philippians, for a study that begins right now with verse one, where the Apostle Paul says, therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way. Stand firm refers to God's peace. Paul's word that gets translated here, stand firm, is a Greek word used of a military unit that is assigned to defend a city. And uh, the stand firm refers to how this military unit repeatedly repels attack after attack from an outside aggressive force. This city can sleep in peace, not because the attacks stop, but because Despite constant attack, this military unit stands firm. And this stand firm image uh, actually reveals something very important about the peace of God. My experience of God's peace inside is independent of my circumstances outside. You understand that, right? You understand that God gives me his peace so I can stand firm in Steve City, where standing firm does not mean that the attacks stop on the outside. God's peace means I can stand firm in the midst of the stress, the stress of a three-hour assignment with a one-hour deadline, or uh, with kids with mounting college bills going higher and higher and a bank account that's going lower and lower in the midst of the stress. God gives me his peace. God does not pay the bills. God does not make the deadlines extend. The attacks don't go away. That's not how God's peace works. God's peace is an internal reality that is independent of the external circumstances where I can stand firm inside Steve's city even while the overdue bills and the impossible deadlines continue on the outside. So the words stand firm refer to peace. The words in the Lord refer to the one way. One way, one way I can experience the peace of God. To experience God's peace, I must be in the Lord. What does that mean, in the Lord? Well, Paul says, be in the Lord in this way. And now he's referring back to the context that goes before uh, Philippians 4, verse 1. So we dip back now into Philippians chapter 3, where Paul writes this. For as I've often told you before, and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame, their minds are set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a savior from there. The Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. That leads up to our text, Philippians chapter four, verse one, and stand firm in the Lord in this way. Let's highlight a few of Paul's words and phrases in order to answer the question, what does it mean to be 
in the Lord. We start by highlighting the word Savior. What does it mean to be in the Lord? It means you have Jesus as your Savior. I'm speaking today to you if you're in that position where you're saying, I want the peace of God, but I am not experiencing it. What is missing? Well, as we diagnose the situation, let's start at the beginning. If you want the peace of God in your life, you must have Savior. You must have Jesus as your Savior. Because, listen carefully, I will never have the peace of God until I have peace with God. There is one way, one way, one way to have peace of God, and that is to have peace with God. Scripture reveals that in my natural state, I am not a friend of God. I am the opposite. In my natural state, I want to be God, which makes the true God an obstacle to what I want. Of course, Paul puts it even better than that. He says that I am born an enemy of the cross, where my destiny is destruction, my God is me and my stomach, and my glory is my shame. All of us are or were enemies of the cross. And you may say, I have not chosen Jesus as my savior. I don't feel like an enemy of God. The issue is not what you feel. All that matters is what God thinks. And according to scripture, God sees our hearts toward him and he sees hostility and enmity toward him and separation due to our sin. But the good news is God's made a way for me to go from being an enemy of God to being a friend of God. If I have the Savior Jesus, I receive peace with God. And you say, how do I do that? How do I choose Jesus as my Savior? There are no magic words, but your lips need to express in even a, a whisper of prayer your heart's desire to be forgiven by your belief in Jesus and what he did on the cross for you. And if you've never done this before, uh, in a few minutes, I'm gonna give you the opportunity uh, to just express your heart quietly just between you and God along those lines. Because the first and most important step to having the peace of God is that you must have peace with God. So being in the Lord starts with this word, Savior. The next words to highlight are citizenship in heaven. Paul writes to the Christ followers in Philippi, your citizenship is in heaven. And when Paul uses the word citizenship here, he uses a word he never uses again in any of his letters. When Paul uses this word, he's specially bringing it out for the Philippians because the town of Philippi was special. Philippi was a Greek town that was a long, long way from Rome, but was very, very close to the heart of the Roman emperor. Philippi was so loved by the emperor that he made Philippi a colony of Rome. And as a colony, the emperor 
declared that the citizens of Philippi were automatically citizens of Rome, which was a very big deal. If you were a citizen of Rome, uh, you had rights and powers and privileges that were the envy of the rest of the world uh, for many reasons, including that being a Roman citizen made you bulletproof in that it gave you a personal security uh, backed up and guaranteed by the most powerful, the only superpower in the world. Uh, it's such that if anybody so much as sneezed on you, they had to answer to Rome. Paul is riffing on this idea when he says, hey, you Philippians, you think that being a Roman citizen is a good protection plan? Well, if you have Jesus as your savior, then the emperor of emperors personally loves you so much that he makes you a citizen of heaven. Uh, Paul is saying that uh, your identity as a citizen of heaven empowers you to stand firm in the Lord. The moment you receive peace with God through the Savior Jesus, you receive all the power and rights and privileges and protection that comes with God's showering on you as a citizen, uh, as his child, such that the forces of darkness, if they so much as sneeze in your direction, they must answer to the king of kings, the emperor of heaven, who happens to also be your dad, be your Abba Father in heaven. Listen, if I really understand who I am, I can have a peace that passes all understanding. But notice something very important about God's peace. The peace of God is the result of my identity and not my strategy. Living each day in the peace of God is not remembering techniques. It's remembering who I am. If you go to any bookstore, go to the self-help section, and uh, you'll find books that give you techniques for peace. Uh, you'll find peace through mind-controlling techniques, uh, through meditation techniques. Uh, you'll find peace through breathing exercises and relaxation exercises, and all of these things can have physical benefits, but none of them do anything to bring you the peace of God, because God's peace is not the result of my strategy. It's the result of my identity in the Lord. It's the result of my identity as a child of God who has been given an inheritance from the Father. It, it is his Holy Spirit who fills me and dwells me with peace, his peace, as a result, as a fruit of his powerful presence in my life. So what does it mean to be in the Lord? It means having the Savior. It means having the identity of a loved and protected citizen of heaven that makes me the envy of the entire universe. And being in the Lord is defined by these words, everything under his control. Paul says, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform us to be like him. What does it mean to be in the Lord? 
It means being in a love relationship with Jesus who has everything under his control. The risen Jesus is in control of everything. Now, let me tell you what that doesn't mean. That does not mean that Jesus is responsible for the evil in this world. No, it means that evil has no power to disrupt or delay Jesus' great plans to shower blessing upon his children. It means that there is not one square inch in this world that is beyond the loving control of Jesus. Jesus has say so over Main Street and Wall Street, over Hollywood and Bollywood, over Yale and Harvard, over heaven and hell, over the present and the future, over the living and the dead. There is nothing beyond the scope of his love and his limit-setting power over evil. Bottom line, if I focus on how this world seems to be in chaos and spinning out of control, I will never have peace. But if I focus not on the chaos, but on my love relationship with the one who is ultimately in control of all the details touching my life and that there is nothing that can disrupt his plan of blessing in my life, I can live each day in peace. Or put another way, what is the peace of God? The peace of of God comes in a daily relationship with the God of peace. When I live every day in a relationship with Jesus, I'm in a relationship with the one who loved me enough to die for me, who rose again from the dead and now is in control of everything concerning peace in my life. All right, let's review. Through the Apostle Paul, God teaches that there is one way, one way to his peace. That I will never have the peace of God until I have peace with God. That the peace of God is the result of my identity and not my strategy. And that the peace of God comes in a daily relationship with the God of peace. There is one way to God's peace. But can you live that way in all the pressures and stresses of life in, on the parkway? Yes, you can. Just take a look. My name is John Ring and I've been coming to Black Rock now for four years. I was raised Catholic, so I went to church, but that was more of a routine for me. Uh, it was every Sunday, go with the family, do that, but then it was the rest of the week, the faith wasn't there necessarily for me. Uh, the Bible sat on the shelf, collecting dust, and uh, it wasn't until I came to BlackRock that I really got into the Bible, and it changed how I am today. It's been a great experience for me. Right when I came here, I started to serve. And also, more importantly, though, I had to find out more about the Bible and about my faith, and Starting Point was key for that. I got involved with Starting Point, started learning more about Jesus and who he really is. Got to have questions answered that I didn't have answered before. Just expand upon the Bible, 
and then move on to the next chapter, and uh, my faith has continued to grow. Around the same time with Starting Point was the church was doing the one-year reading plan of the Bible, and that was incredible. That helped me, it gave me a guideline, it let me know where to start, where to go. So it was able to expand upon everything that I learned just reading it on my own. I used the study Bible that I bought here. Everything helped. It was just a foundation that kept on building and building. And the great thing about it was I was able to apply it to my day-to-day -day life, and that's, uh, that was critical too. You can almost you read it, and it's like it speaks to you sometimes. At least I found it has on my day-to-day -day job, home life, everything. For me, coming here and, and reading the Bible and getting into the Word, uh, more patience has been key for me. Um, I definitely lacked it before that, and now I've grown where, in most situations, I'm far more patient than I would be. My daughters are seven and five, but they've actually been coming here since they were smaller. When I started the journey, they were here with me. They love it here. Um, they're upset when they can't be here with me. And I think they've probably seen that calmness with me and patience at home. I'm not so quick to get mad when they're drawing on the floors or the, the walls or everything other than paper. Um, so it's been a great experience for them too. I read the Bible to them. We talk about it every opportunity I can. I instill that in them. I think my wife definitely has seen it too um, because again, going back to the lack of patience I probably had before, might be quick to say something I shouldn't say or act in a way, a way I shouldn't have acted, but now it's just different. Um, she definitely has to see the calmness in me and the, and the peace that Jesus and the Bible has brought to me. Outside of my wife and kids, my home life and my day job is as a Connecticut State Trooper and uh, primarily on patrol and on the parkway. So I get to see some different uh, things go on out there. You can see how it flows nice and steady for a little bit. Everything's beautiful and, and happy out there. And then all of a sudden, within seconds, it changes. Dealing with people who are excited, and then you go up to that level, it gets you nowhere. So you have to have that peace and that calmness to bring them back down, because they just got into an accident. They, they have a family member that's hurt. There could be any situation that they're in that you have to realize this is extremely stressful for them. Dial it down and, and work with them and help them, I think, for me, it's been hands down getting into the Bible, basically an education here at Black Rock Church that has helped me put that on the road there too and put that out there to the people that I'm helping. Um, there's different situations I've been out with, little old ladies who have been broken down, you know, and, and a lot of them will have a cross on and I'll say a quick prayer with them or I'll just say, hey, God bless you. And they look at you funny because they don't really expect it. And, and that's how you end your day or, or end your, your time with them. Pastor Dan, I remember talking about divine appointments, and uh, I think I have those from time to time out there, both on the receiving end and giving end. It's, it's been a good time. Looking back over time, I thought I had a good relationship with Jesus and an understanding, which I really didn't. Um, it was coming here that I got into the Word, and really develop that foundation. And that's key, it's critical to our lives to have that peace, to have that understanding that Jesus loves us and that you know, we can build upon that but also bring it out to our lives, whether it be your marriage, my home life, or a little piece in the parkway. I can definitely walk forward now knowing I have a good foundation with Jesus. Thank you, great. Isn't it uh, awesome to think we have a brother uh, who's a state trooper on the parkway? Uh, a lot of you haven't met John, but uh, the speed at which you drive, you probably will. You will. 
Just like John, you can find peace on the parkway. Uh, you can experience the peace of God. And in a moment, uh, you'll have the opportunity to re receive a fresh filling of the peace of God as you partake in the bread and the cup of communion. Uh, let me first speak to you. If you have not yet chosen Jesus as your savior, you can't have the peace of God until you have peace with God. So as you receive the symbols of what Jesus did on the cross for you, receive God's forgiveness as you just whisper that personal faith of uh, trust in Jesus and what he did on the cross for you. Receive peace with God. And if you are a follower of Jesus, as you receive the bread and the cup, receive a fresh filling of this reminder of your identity in Christ, uh, that there is one who died for you and rose again and now has everything that touches the details of your life in his control. Receive a fresh feeling of the peace of God that comes from your love relationship with the God of peace. We wanna thank you for watching and listening to our sermons online. And we hope that uh, you will be inspired to live more like Jesus through these. Please check out blackrock.org for more information about our church. Know that you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and also uh, know that you can give uh, to BlackRock and to our ministry through PushPay, through our mobile app, and on our website. Your uh, donations and your support of our ministry allows us to have uh, these videos online and for us to impact our community.